0: hey y'all i'm braden from OK country and welcome to the this is country podcast where i talk to country's best artists and songwriters to go behind the scenes of their creative process their career and the music industry For this episode, I had the pleasure of talking with bluegrass band Lindley Creek out of the Ozark Mountain region of Missouri. Lindley Creek is a family band, including Katie Greer on mandolin and lead vocals, Jace Greer on fiddle, Kathy Greer on acoustic guitar, and John Rob Greer on upright bass. I first got to see Lindley Creek live back in June 2020 at Silver Dollar City in Branson, Missouri, which is a sister park to Dollywood out in Tennessee. Silver Dollar City is known internationally for its bluegrass scene, and I was instantly captivated by the band and their music. Today, you'll get to hear all about how the band started, what it's like touring as a family 12 months out of the year, the band's new album, Freedom, Love, and The Open Road, and there's also some hilarious stories along the way let's get right into the conversation. First, I always like to start just getting a little background on the bands and artists that I talk to because I think that helps give a lot of really good context to the music and especially with your guys' new album coming out. Um, So you all are family, the Greer family. So how was music a part of your lives before you all formed Lindley Creek?
1: Well, it it kind of wasn't really. Um, we started playing music together when we were Jason and I were really little. It kind of just as a hobby. It took us just some music lessons, just kind of something fun to do. But like, but like before that,
2: when John and I were married, yeah, first married,
1: um, we
2: were hardcore country music fans. We I've probably seen George Strait in concert twenty five times in my life. I mean, oh wow, yeah, I love all that and. We went to a lot of concerts when we were dating and stuff like that. So we have a huge love and appreciation for country music. But we didn't get into bluegrass till right. our kids
3: came along. Yeah, mostly Katie and I do not remember a time before Lindley Creek. Like, yeah. I was six, Katie was four when we all first started playing together. Um, I remember one particular time I started out on the spoons, of course, a very highbrow instrument. <laughs> <laughs> And uh, I remember we were practicing for this big festival. And I'm like, I'm very young, probably six, seven years old. And uh, I remember mom telling me that my timing was just not good enough to be in the band. <laughs> <laughs> I was just like devastated. <laughs> but uh, luck, luckily, good news, I did make it back in the band.
4: so <laughs> They've let me stay ever since. So. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. When the kids were young, we, we found a time where <clears throat> the lyrics of some of the modern country music at that time was not really something I wanted my kids singing
5: or mm-hmm.
4: hearing, you know, and uh, Jace was about, I don't know, four or five years old. He came trotting down the hall one day and used a line that was totally inappropriate for a little boy his <laughs> age to be saying. So he had trouble for it. So that afternoon I was driving down the road and I found myself singing on radio and I sang that same exact line. He was quoting the song and I didn't realize it at the time. So Dad didn't feel like the hero that day, so I had to go home and apologize for what I did. And I told Kathy, I said, we have got to change something because the music that we're putting in front of our kids is teaching them words we don't think is appropriate for a four-year-old to be using.
2: Yeah, because there was such a big shift from like mid to late 90s country to what we have now. Mm-hmm. I think we were we just kind of lived through that transition. And there was one day that we were just like, um, no.
4: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It, it was kind of one of those aha moments, you know, yeah. where it just hit me what was going on. And I'm just like, yeah, this ain't going to work. So yeah. we started that day looking for something different to do. And, and Kathy and I, to that point, probably listened to radio 16 or 17 hours a day. We we were, I mean, she said we was diehard country music fans. We, we never shut it off. And, um, uh, and we shut it off. And we <laughs> did not turn it back on. And we tried. It a friend was hard. Of our, <laughs> yeah, it was hard. A friend of ours at church tried to tried to get us on classical music. We gave that a try. And I take. have a huge appreciation of classical music, but man, I need that in small doses. Yeah. It did not yeah. fill 16 <laughs> hours a day in my life. And we tried lots of things. And then uh, we were actually at church and our Sunday school teacher did a um, kind of a jam session one night after church and we sat around and sang songs out of him. And I thought, man, that's cool. And mentioned to him that uh, I thought it was neat that his family all played. He had three boys, they all played music. And I said, man, that's cool that your family does that. And he said, you guys could do that. I said, well, we don't know how to play. And he said, well, start. I said, well, I don't know how to start. And he said, well, you're going to waste a hundred dollars in the next couple of months on something. So buy a guitar and buy a mandolin save your money up and buy another mandolin or whatever and get the kids started. That's what we did.
0: And That's I, awesome.
4: Then we kind of yeah. discovered, you know, a few more CDs that we liked and we kind of got a little more by the bit by the bluegrass bug, I guess, and <laughs> went to our first festival and it's yep. just kind of been, it snowballed. I don't know if it's been <laughs> uphill or downhill since, but <laughs> either way it's been, <laughs> yeah. been the way it went.
0: <laughs> That's awesome. So, That's just incredible. And I love the fact that you guys are family and are able to share music in that way. So like my dad and I were really big country music fans. And so I've grown up like going to concerts with him all my life. And so that's really, really unique, I think, to you guys. And it just creates such a cool experience, I'm sure. Uh, That's awesome. So Kathy, you play acoustic guitar. Jace, you play fiddle. Katie you play mandolin and John Rob you play upright bass so how did each of you end up playing the instruments that you play
2: well, first well okay so I always <laughs> wanted to learn guitar I was like man I just need to know this but then I went to college and I I tried to get some lessons and the guy that was teaching me I just wanted to be able to chord along and sing a song you know that's all I wanted and and so I had a teacher that was teaching me that and he got ill had a heart attack and the next time I came to my lesson it's this new guy and when he figured out I knew how to read music from my piano lesson days he started to try to teach me classical guitar and I'm like no that's not what I want to learn I've (laughs) been there done that no thanks and he's like no 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 you're gonna waste your talent if you you just poured along and i said i don't care that's not what i want to learn and so i quit i'm not much of a quitter so <laughs> walked away from that but then when john decided that we ought to take a look at bluegrass and something to do with the kids that so they could you know they'll be a little more wholesome um i said i want to learn guitar for real and so i started learning guitar at the same time Jason started learning the fiddle and we have an older son tate he learned banjo And we just, I have
3: always just wanted to play guitar. So it was an easy choice for me. We'll just go in order here. Um, I'll talk about fiddle next. It's funny, you're gonna get like two answers that are like really satisfying and then two answers that are just like, (laughs) (laughs) it was there. uh, But okay, so for me playing the fiddle, um, I've always loved the fiddle. It's always been my favorite instrument. when I was just a little kid, I remember Toy Story 2 had just came out and uh, I was watching it and uh, if you recall, Woody's Roundup is a track on that uh, our film and mm-hmm. it's by the writers in the Sky and uh, their fiddle player kicks that song off with just a really sweet up the neck and I don't know why but something about the sound of that just like I was like yep. I can, that, now that's an instrument. And I turned around and I looked at dad and I was like, what is that? He said, it's a fiddle. Thank goodness dad knew enough about instruments to answer that <laughs> <more> <laughs> question. <right. laughs> um, yeah, yeah, yeah. And I was just like this, yeah, that's what I want to do. So um, a while, maybe a year later, maybe not, um, mom was like, hey, what do you want to play in the band? This is After Spoons. Um, <laughs> And uh, so I knew that. That was a non-starter. So I said, um, I'm a fiddle man. Mm -hmm. And uh, so I started playing like when I was five. And uh, my teacher was a classical, you know, Suzuki trained teacher. And I, I was in that for a while, but being five and not playing the kind of music I even wanted to, believe it or not, I didn't stick with that. Uh so then like I kind of went all over the place tried guitar for a while tried dobro for a while but then when I was nine I returned to fiddle and I got a fiddle teacher who would actually teach me what I wanted to know and uh, I haven't looked back since and that's been like 15 years so yeah
0: that's awesome
1: yeah, so my story's a little different so <laughs> when I was little all I wanted to do was sing I didn't really super well I cared about instruments I loved listening to them but I I just wanted to sing. That's what I wanted to do. But when I was about eight years old, mom told me if I wanted to be the band, I had to learn how to play an instrument. Very nice. We, we
5: were not
1: abused. Everything's fine. Everything's fine. Um, anyway, so I wanted to play dobro because Back then, we had another guy with us playing mandolin because you know Jason and I weren't really old enough or good enough to be on stage, and not like go chase butterflies or something. So I wanted to play dobro because I thought we already had a mandolin player. But see, I was a small child at eight years old, and I I couldn't even pick up a dobro, let alone play it. So they decided <laughs> to give me a mandolin because. I could hold it, it kinda fit my hands and it worked. So I've been playing it ever since and I've really grown to love it a lot and I'm super glad that it's an instrument I play, but still my first passion is definitely singing. But I I do love playing the game, so
3: Which thank
4: goodness one of us was thinking about singing. (laughs) 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 So the first music instrument I ever wanted to play was steel guitar. Love the sound of a steel guitar, and I always wanted to play one. Well, when we started getting into bluegrass music, of course, the dobro is akin to that. So I thought, well, that'll be the one I learned. So I bought a dobro, and I tried and tried and tried to learn it, and it was dumb. Dumb dobro. So I bought another <laughs> one, I thought it might be smarter. Worked with it for about a year, and it was as dumb as the first one was. I couldn't teach it nothing, and I just wasn't getting it. And I didn't have a – I couldn't play music by ear. year. I didn't have that background. It didn't make sense to me. I was, oh, I don't remember, 30 years old, and uh, I was having an awful hard time just getting chord changes and that kind of thing. Yeah, they kept saying, if we're going to have a band, we need a bass. If we're going to have a band, we need a bass. And I kept saying, You guys bus, need to get your together. I guess, <laughs> I guess the story's being told. <laughs> <laughs> well, wow, wow. She's not that mean. So I didn't really want to play bass but I was the only one that could carry it. Yeah, yeah. And so she's like, you're going to be the bass player. And so I started learning how to play the bass and I still don't know if I can play it, but that's what I'm thinking like Katie. It's what I'm stuck with because yeah. mom
5: said,
3: yeah. I feel yeah. like I we're coming across harsh on mom. Yeah. All of these things that she, you know, said to us, I say in air quotes, were more like suggestions, I think. <laughs> so it's not like, it's like this is what we need to be doing. Yeah.
2: Like a drill sergeant nope. or
3: anything. <laughs>
2: yeah, but, Some would say. But, but when you got little kids and you're trying to get them all to make the same music at the same time, you got to have a few parameters. All right? it's just, and, sometimes
3: you have to say no more spoons.
1: Yeah. <laughs> 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 and she didn't want us to get up there and just embarrass ourselves all the time. I mean, right. mom and dad really taught us the value of hard work is good, and that's where a lot of it came from. It's, Wasn't much coddling, a lot of you are capable of doing better things, so do better things. And I think that's part of the reason why we're still together now is because we all kind of treat it like a job and like hard work, and it's not a hobby for us. So, yeah.
0: Absolutely. And that's, (laughs) I mean, I'm only like 19, but anything that I've learned in 19 years, it's that hard work will get you where you want to go. That's what it all comes down to at the end of the day. Um, And Katie, that was actually the perfect segue um, because you guys do. Treat it. You guys are professional musicians, so the band has obviously gained traction over the years um, to kind of get you guys to where you are now. So what was the process like from kind of transferring from your day jobs and saying, "Okay, we're going to take this band and we're going to go on the road full time and we're going to be a professional band? What was that decision making process like?
4: Well, it kind of it was in steps. Um, It didn't all happen at once. We spent a lot of time praying about it and trying to get God's wisdom on it before we just jumped in and did anything. Um, Kathy was working at a uh, school at our church and was basically, Kathy's never wanted to be a teacher, but she was a teacher. And she said to me, she said, if you'd let me homeschool the kids, um, we can work on our music more and I can book the band more. I'll have more time to do that. And we can get more, bookings, and we can play more music, and probably can make more money, and I'll be doing something I'd rather do than something that I can endure, and um, I thought, well, you know, that kind of makes sense. Maybe if I had a wife that was a little happier with her job, things would be a little better, (laughs) so we decided we'd give it a try, and so (laughs) she kind of went crazy with the booking thing, and, and I worked a salary job for the college that I worked for, and so it was not uncommon for me to put in nine or ten hours a day at work. And then so I worked forty-five or fifty hours a week. And then we played how many times did we played the last year? Eighty-five. Eighty-five gigs the last year <laughs> that I worked. And so it was about to kill me because it was not uncommon for us to get home Sunday night, Monday morning at two or three o'clock in the morning, and then I'd be back at work at seven Monday morning. Wow! It me to like Thursday to get recovered from being gone all weekend. And then we take off Friday night and go somewhere else. And so after a year and a half of that, I'm like, Kathy, something's got to give. And she said, well, maybe you ought to quit your job. It's like, well, yeah, he laughed. Maybe we ought to buy yeah. flying horses too. Because, <laughs> you know, and I just laughed at her because I had finally got a good job and I had had the best job I've ever had as far as, working for somebody else and um, so when she suggested that you know we kind of laughed it off at first and then we got a little more serious about talking about it And as I mentioned we spent a lot of time praying about it and seeking a lot of advice from a lot of people and we finally thought you know we've got this chance our oldest son was 16 I
5: think at that time
4: and I thought if we don't do this now I'm never going to have the opportunity to say we tried and if it doesn't work at least we can say we tried rather than have to say well my granddaughters I wish I would have took your daddy and done this so we just decided let's try it for a while and if we can get four or five good years out of it great and if we need to go back to work I'll go back to work so you know back to what you were saying about hard work if you're not scared to work you can usually find work and um, so we've had uh, had an opportunity to do some amazing things we've been in a lot of different states met a lot of great people done some really cool Mm -hmm. stuff for the last ten and a half almost 11 years in december um we've been full time so it's been really good it was a a process that i never dreamed would happen i never thought we'd be on the road this long Um, but here we are so it's worked out really well
0: that's incredible that's awesome so i've been loving the live q a's you guys have been doing on facebook kind of like a member every week um and John Rob, you broke the internet this week. That was yeah, tear up <laughs> You can
4: imagine. <laughs> yeah.
0: So that was really fun. But uh you also drive the bus for the band. Um and so Wednesday you were talking a little bit about the bus and kind of your progression through the different buses, and you mentioned there's like a story behind how you ended up with the bus you have now. So I was wondering if we could hear kind of the bus story and your kind of journey through continuing oh. to grow as a band.
4: We got time for this. Yeah, how big's <laughs> <laughs> your hard drive? You're recording this. <laughs> so got short version of this really long story. I'll leave all the good points in, but I don't know, like it too long. Um, we had been wanting to sell our house and buy a bus, and so we had bought this house before we were really thinking about going full time. And the house wasn't finished. We did a lot of modifications to the house, rebuilt the upstairs. Da 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 da. Made a should have made a huge amount of money on the house when we sold it. Decided we were gonna go full time, decided to sell the house. That's all about the time that the market crashed in 2008 and nine, right along in there. So the value and the equity we had built in that home went from three or $400,000 to 150, just literally in a matter of weeks. And then a very long process of trying to sell it, not being able to sell it and all that. Four years. Four years, yeah. We ended up walking away from the house with about a quarter of the money in our pocket we thought we would have. And so uh, we decided, well, we've got this. We had a bus at that time. We thought, we've got this bus. We'll just take this bus and go on the road. And we did. And we'd already been on the road, but we were just going to stay in it and make it work. And we took that bus. It was a 73 model? 74. 72. 72. MCI. um, Wore out when we got it. And we took it farther east than I knew you could go. We went into Nova Scotia, Canada, and man, there's a time zone earlier than Eastern time zone. I didn't even know that existed. We got, up in there like, yeah. you know, we got up in there like, wow, this is earlier than we thought it was. So we were 2,300 miles one way from home. And I worked on that bus, literally. I'd work on it one day, we'd drive it a day. I'd work on it a day, we'd drive it a day. Finally got that thing back home. And... Uh, uh, yeah, got it to Nashville on our way home and decided maybe we ought to look for another bus. So we were gonna buy a little house maybe, but we decided maybe we'd get a bus instead. So we went to Nashville with what in our mind was a pretty good amount of money in our pocket and we were gonna buy a bus. And everybody in Nashville just laughed at us and they're like, That'll make the down payment on a bus and we had fifty thousand dollars and we had thought we would have two hundred when that happened, but we had to And uh, everybody just laughed at us. And they're like, You can't buy a bus for that, that's any good. And so Finally, got a guy to show me a bus that we could buy for that kind of money. And we were driving a better bus than the one he showed me. I'm like, man, this bus needs set on fire. I thought my bus was in bad shape. This one is a piece. And so we're we're aggravated. We're discouraged. We're mad. We prayed about this. We knew we were doing the right things, knew we were doing what God wanted us to do. And we just couldn't get anything to go through. And we just felt like we were beating our head against the wall. We went to a campground and I was out hooking up the water and a sewer and electric and all that kind of stuff. Came back in, and Kathy said, I found us a bus. And I said, Great. Now, this is after we'd looked at three and four hundred thousand dollar buses all day long and been mad. And uh, I, she said, Listen to this. So she reads me everything that this bus has in it. And I said, Great. How many hundred thousand dollars did they want for this bus? And she said, 62. I said, 62 hundred thousand dollars. She said, no, $62,000. And I said, well, that's ridiculous. That bus is worth way more than that. She said, I know there's something wrong. So anyway, I emailed the guy and I said, and it was on eBay. And I said, what is the deal here? Well, short version of he and I talking over the course of probably the next 10 days. um, I told him, I said, here's the deal. We've got this amount of money and we're going to buy your bus for this amount of money. How you make it happen on your end, that's your business. I don't care. That's (laughs) what we're going to do. (laughs) And he he said, well, I don't understand. I have this bus on eBay, and I only have four people watching it. I said, okay, Kathy was one of them. I was one of them, and Kathy's dad was the third one. I don't know who the fourth one was, but three of the four, I know. And I said, well, I believe this is the bus the Lord has for us, and so he's going to keep it for us, whatever happens. And so two days later, the guy called me up, and he's like, here's what I will do. I'll, I'll let you have this bus for $52,000. You're going to have to buy a tire. And I'm like, okay, okay, we'll do it. So we bought one-way tickets to Oregon and flew to Oregon and met a man that we'd never met at a hotel that we'd never been in and his went name, out to his house. Yeah, his name was Vito. His name was Vito.
0: <laughs> oh, Okay. I feel like this could turn into, like, a song. Like, this could turn into, like, yeah, one of those, right, like, yeah. crazy yeah. country songs.
4: Right. Yeah, yeah. It yeah. kind of felt like it could turn into the end of John and Kathy. Yeah. <laughs> we get out to this guy's place, and there shuts this bus, and, and, like, walking around, and, walking, and I said, really, dude, what's the deal? What, where's the catch here? And the bus had, had been prior salvage because it had been in Hurricane Katrina, and it had had water up in the bays, fresh water. And so the insurance company salvaged it. Somebody else said, this bus is too good to salvage. He had rebuilt it, put a bunch of money in it. He had bought a house in Hawaii, needed the money for a down payment. Nobody had any money because of the marketing crash and all that kind of stuff that happened. And he's like, I just need rid of this thing. I'm having a fire sale and you're here, so let's make a deal. So we got in that bus and drove it home that day.
1: And, and here we are and the whole in yeah we're, in, we're in here right now, right now. Yeah.
4: and so the whole time kathy and i are like looking in the rearview mirror to make sure somebody's not chasing us because i felt like we stole the bus because yeah. in nashville the bus that was this body style this same year would have between 500 and a million five hundred thousand and a million miles on it and this bus had ninety-seven thousand miles on it first time wow. I them behind yeah.
2: it it was and so, practically
4: new it was yeah. brand new, yeah. all tricked out on the inside. It had bunks in it. We needed bunks. It's got a king bed in the back for Kathy and I. It had bunks. It's got, it had everything exactly like we needed. Had a dishwasher,
1: which yeah. that doesn't happen in buses, so that's
4: cool. So mama's pretty happy. It has a dishwasher
1: that, that wasn't named Katie. Yeah. Yes. yeah. <laughs>
4: there you go. So it was just the perfect deal. So we drove it home, uh, maiden voyage on it was well from Oregon to Missouri, ever halfway across the United States, and uh, yep. and it just it's been a great thing the Lord really provided it for us for the same amount of money so it was one of those deals where we learned trusting in him to do the right thing what we would have done with twice the amount of money we'd have bought a bus or four times the amount of money but instead he's like okay so that didn't work trust me I'm going to do this instead so we got the bus either way just we didn't trade as many dollars and so it's just really been a huge blessing and we have it's been Oh, great to drive something that's not wore out i don't have to you know pray for an hour before i try to turn <laughs> the key on to start it i'm relatively yeah, confident yeah. it'll start you know, every
2: time did you see it during the video we shot a, a little picture of it did you see it i did yeah yeah, yeah. 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 it's really purple yeah, purple. yeah.
4: yeah. my right first everywhere. choice probably wasn't in the top five actually but, but you we're know, thankful so we're, bad. Bad. we're learning to love purple yeah
5: so, absolutely
4: anyway it's worked out great been a super bus for us and uh, i love it
0: that's a great that's a great story so you guys are on the road all the time so yeah, what are yeah <laughs> so <laughs> what are some of your favorite things of being on the road and just being together
4: oh man we're all fishing louisiana yeah yeah. Oh, a big, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah,
3: yeah we like that a lot we also like it anytime we get to go to um any sort of like a place with trails and like go see the scenery of different places like um, in Arizona that's one of our favorite places to go out and hike around yeah, when it's like like ridiculously yeah. hot
1: we don't always reason. we don't always have time to go explore the places we're playing you know because we're busy and stuff so we really do enjoy those opportunities yeah. when we get to go enjoy scenery and food because yeah. we can't haul a bunch of souvenirs around because we live in a bus most of the year so We eat a lot of mercy. Yeah, that's
3: definitely (laughs) one of my favorites. Another favorite thing is just getting to meet so many different people and experience so many different cultures. Like once you spend some time traveling around, even just the United States, there's so many like vast and diverse people groups. Mm -hmm. and Like it seems like every town we stop Mm -hmm. in, they have like their own thing going on. And like everybody in that town is like keyed into it. They're like, Oh, you got to go down here and get such and such thing. And, you know, it's like some big thing, and it's just like, wow, that's really strange, because nowhere else in the world has this, you know, and you kind of, uh, you get a chance to experience the uniqueness of uh, each place. You get to appreciate
1: other people's cultures, because, I mean, Mm -hmm. if you live in Missouri, have been born in Missouri, never leave Missouri, then the only thing you know is the things in Missouri, so it's just been really great, it broadens your views, and opens your mind up a lot to what's
3: actually out there. It makes it hard though because you do have to use your brain when you think about things instead of just what everybody else says around <laughs> you. <Yeah. laughs> we don't like to do that as humans sometimes. Yeah. Um, my, one of my biggest perks that I like about like fringe benefits of being on the road is um, I always take my fishing stuff with me and usually I'm towing a kayak or two and uh, just getting to fish in lots of different places is amazing. Like I get to fish the flats and south texas like salt water for like a couple months out of the year and i get to fish all these like amazing natural lakes up north and like minnesota and wisconsin and even into canada sometimes and uh, all that kind of stuff is like i really really love that a lot because i used to uh, before we went full-time after we had sold our house we lived in this duplex for a while and uh I just like hated living there because there was nothing to do because <laughs> it was in town and I'd always lived out of town so my activities were like go shoot guns and go explore nature and you can't do any of those things in town <laughs> and uh, we we had this one TV channel it was the world fishing network and I used to sit there and just watch it and I would want to go fishing so bad and, like, I'd see all these amazing places that people were fishing, you know, and now I get to, like, go and do that myself, and it's just really awesome.
0: Absolutely. I totally get that as well. We, uh, at one point, we were, like, we were living in town, but we were about to move out to, like, the country with a bunch of land, and there was, like, a two-month gap between when we sold our other house and when we are moving out out into the country. And so we had to live in this, like, tiny little apartment mm-hmm. for a couple months and that was, that was an experience but then, <laughs> then we got out there and just had like acres and acres of land to just go explore so yeah that's a lot of fun next here's a beautiful song from Lindley Creek called The Mockingbird's Voice mm-hmm.
6: Against a bend, and like a fool, I hang on every word. You promised me the moon, and then you changed your tune. You must be a mockingbird. The mockingbirds. try to hold him he flies away last night I sat at home waiting by the phone I left the porch light burning all night long but I Somewhere way across town, someone else was listening to your song. The mockingbird's voice sounds so sweet; he might say anything. He'll sit outside your window and sing to you all day. Oh, I want you, oh my darling, come with me and be my love. But try to hold. When you say forever, but you really mean it's never. Oh, I want you, oh, my darling. Come with me and be my love. Try to hold here
0: You all obviously make your living as a touring band. So what was it like when coronavirus came in and kind of quarantine started?
1: Well, we were on tour when everything started getting worse. You know, it was like, oh, it's in other countries. Oh, it's in other countries. And then bam, it was here. Mm -hmm. We were in South Texas when it happened. And there was a time where we were like, not sure if we were going to be able, if they would let us drive home or not. So people down there were just starting to freak out, and then we basically went home and stayed home until our Silver Dollar City contract started in June, because everything just started canceling. And we went seventy-one days without playing a gig, which is unheard of yeah. for us—a new record. Yeah, yeah. Don't want to. <laughs> Hopefully, they never be
4: broken.
3: It yeah. was kind of like you know, it was definitely like a slow burn for a long time. It was like, wow, oh, this is a weird thing that everybody seems to be talking about all the time oh, huh, it's getting worse. And, like, for some reason, you know, your brain kind of doesn't follow it all the way down to, like, oh, you know what's probably going to happen is they're going to cancel every show ever. And, uh, man, when that happened, it kind of – Yeah, there, I remember weird.
1: one particular day I was on Instagram looking through, and all of these musicians that I follow, they were all posting, like, cancel tours, cancel shows, cancel this, cancel that. And I'm like, that stinks. That's not going to happen to us, though. And then it did. <laughs> <laughs>
3: Um, we had we had just a re- like about halfway through quarantine, we had a really weird moment where we had just released our first single. It debuted at number two on the national bluegrass charts, mm-hmm. and in that <laughs> yeah. like two days before that, we were like talking about having to go get a job because it looked like our Silver Dollar City gig. We didn't think it was gonna happen, and that was kind of the thing we were holding on to. Like if we can just play Silver Dollar City will be fine and uh Mm -hmm. and then it was like you might not play that and we were kind of like what are we gonna do and then next week it's like oh look at this radio success what in the world
1: (laughs) for anybody was talking about any sort of reopening plan or anything like that so there was we had no idea how long it was gonna last
3: and then and we
1: still don't
3: yeah and then you know a couple weeks after that silver dollar city got in contact with us they're like hey you know, we're all going to wear masks. We're going to stay six feet apart, but come and play. And Silver Dollar City reopened the first day of our contract.
0: Oh, that's that worked out. That's awesome. Yeah, yeah.
3: Just, yeah. Um, it was a miracle. It sure. was, yeah. yeah. So it was, yeah. Some strange times for sure. Um, we started way too many projects. Yeah. yeah. Way more than we should have. Like we've got a garden. We've got cats now. <laughs> <laughs> like. <laughs> These are things that happened that haven't happened in 10 years in our
2: yeah, Our, our um, house, I didn't know if you knew or not, but we bought an old church, and we have totally gutted it and remodeled it into a house.
0: Oh, that's awesome.
2: So, yeah, and downstairs, Jace has put in a recording studio. So we finished that during quarantine, yes, and that finally. was good. And,
3: it only took three years.
2: Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but, so we've got this, I mean, it's, it wasn't like a huge church, but it makes a really big house. So we had a lot of things we could work on. Yeah. We bought, the, we bought the church because we needed a house with a stage so we'd have rehearsal space.
0: <laughs> oh, that, that's actually really cool. That's really yeah. interesting. Yeah. So who's, who's the uh, gardener? Okay.
1: Yeah, I, I do some too. But. So yeah, mom was a florist for years. Both her and dad have degrees in various agricultural things. So, all my life, I've grown up hearing about plants, and they'd point out plants and be like, that's a this, that's a whatever. So, I've just always loved it. So, had time to grow some things this year, which has been fun.
0: That's awesome. Yeah. I think I saw, like, on your Q&A or somewhere on one of the Instagram posts, you, you've you been trying vegetables this year, and, like, fruits yeah. and vegetables. How's that been going?
1: Cucumbers growing
3: great. Um, just doing unbelievable yeah, well. Yeah, they're doing great. Yeah, the zucchini um, in the squash is a little slow, but it's coming.
1: Yeah. <laughs> one of them spaghetti squash I did not realize was a climbing plant so I planted it like <laughs> in the ground and it had nowhere to climb so it's about dead. Yeah, but, yeah, that's, that's <laughs> the others are involved. doing okay.
3: I've always been like way more into the uh, food plant side of plants so like mm-hmm. I was I've definitely been more involved with that than yeah. any of Katie's plant projects so I've got a couple watermelon plants. and uh, they're
2: doing phenomenal right now and we did a cool flower gardening thing this year jace's wife caroline um my sister gave her a piano and it didn't end up being a good one so in the top of it we put potting soil and now we're growing flowers out the top of the piano outside so that's
0: really cool
1: yeah
0: (laughs) that's really cool
1: It's something creative and fun I get to do that doesn't have anything to do with music. It's kind of my other creative outlet. Yeah. Besides besides, my other creative thing that I do. Yes, right.
0: (laughs) That's awesome. No, I love gardening as well. It's something like I'll just take my little speaker outside and just go like I have a vegetable garden out here. I'll just like go work. It's very like calming and peaceful. Just kind of plant what I need to pick what I need to. I've the joke in our family is so my dad grew up on a ranch here in like Owasso, Oklahoma, they always had a huge garden. My dad always worked in it. His dad always worked in it. They've never been able to grow a watermelon. And so this year, I planted watermelon plants. And now we have like 80 watermelons about yeah. to be ready like, next week. And we don't know what to do. And then the plant grew into the air conditioner and like broke it. Oh, no. <laughs> so the watermelons came back.
3: Yeah. I'll get your watermelon
0: stand.
3: Groundhogs, they will eat your watermelons. Oh, yeah. Oh Yeah, that's how my uh, grandpa loses his watermelons like every year, so I'm, I'm a little concerned I'm going
0: to be out there watching. <laughs> that's awesome. So I want to talk about Silver Dollar City real quick and then talk about this new album. So Silver Dollar City, I honestly think like my love of bluegrass music kind of traces back to Silver Dollar City because yeah. I've been going there all my life. It's yeah. playing on like every speaker there. There's always so many great bands just kind of my association with bluegrass is always tied to Silver Dollar City. Every time I drive there, I listen to it on the way home. I listen to I got to go in the mockingbird's voice uh, the whole way home. I, I took my sister um and she was she got tired of me like we just like <laughs> for like at least an hour on the way home. She was she was done. Um but I love Silver Dollar City and bluegrass and so just kind of the whole culture of bluegrass in Silver Dollar City is really interesting to me. Like Rhonda Vincent performed there yes. back in the day. So what what does it mean to you guys to be able to play at Silver Dollar City and what has the experience been
1: like for you guys? It's a, it's a huge full circle moment, because growing up, I mean, honestly, that's probably where a lot of our inspiration for bluegrass started from too. And I think a lot of bands in the area play music because that's where they first saw it, and first fell in love with it. So. When we first started playing there, we were on a tiny little stage called the Medicine Wagon Stage, and it's not even there anymore. <laughs> and, like, I was, like, 11 when we played there the first time. And then we competed in the Youth and Bluegrass Contest a couple times and did not win even a little bit.
5: <laughs> but that's okay. <laughs>
1: it's okay because we're here now. So it's just cool that um, the the guy who books there, D.A. Calloway, he's just always been so great to all mm-hmm. of the little bands who are starting out and learning. He's always been so encouraging. So great. And it's just super cool that he has believed in us for this many years.
3: Yeah. You know, it was a place we could go close to home and we could see all of the best bluegrass bands. Like Silver Dollar City has won several awards for like best festival for bluegrass, like with IBM and all kinds of stuff. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, you can go there. And I remember one of the last years we were actually home for it. Um, there was, you know, Michael Cleveland and Flamekeeper. He's just like top of the game. You know, he was there. Mm -hmm. Uh, The Boxcars were there, you know, at that time. Balsam Range was there and uh, Blue Highway, you know, and just like all these, like, I mean, top of the line bluegrass people. And, you know, you could go and you could catch like four of your favorite bands in one day. Mm -hmm. And that just doesn't hardly happen in other genres or in other places, really. Um, So it's just been like, it's been an amazing place to uh, just like get to, really
1: get into the music and we've made so many of our lifelong musician friends at silver dollar City just because there's a whole bunch of other family bands in this area come into the contest come to play whatever and that's honestly most of my friends i've made there so that's, nice.
0: that's awesome so next i want to get into the album a little bit um it's coming out in a couple weeks august 7th right
5: Right.
0: That's right. Yep. Um, and it's called Freedom, Love, and the Open Road. So, what's it been like to finally get to write, record, and release music of your own into the world? Mm-hmm.
3: Exciting. Yeah, yeah. It's, been, it's been amazing. It's been a ton of work. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, it's been a long time coming, for sure. Yeah. Lots yeah. Of- we
2: started the project in 2016. Oh, wow. That's how long it's taken us yeah. to get what we want and mm. to get better. Yeah, Yeah. to grow into it. So like when we started this project, we didn't really know what we were starting. I mean, honestly, we just said we'd never worked with a producer before. And so we told our producer, we don't know what we want to do. We just want to get better. We want to do better. And he started sending us all these songs that were not songs we wanted to record. And we couldn't figure out what his problem was. And then he said, well, this is the kind of music you're doing. This is what I see you doing on YouTube. And I'm like, yeah, but that's not what we want to do. <laughs> and he's like, well, how was I supposed to know that? So <laughs> anyway, it's a little doing, communication it was problem. like this great awakening for us to figure out what music we really wanted to make because we had been making the music we thought people wanted to hear instead of the music we wanted to play and we didn't realize that but when you do this for a living it's an easy trap to get into because you want the gigs and you want to get rebooked and you need to have that those gigs coming in every year or you can't do it full
4: time so old survival yeah
2: we were surviving but we're in somewhere along the way we kind of sold out who we really wanted to be um and so it that's why it took us so, such a long time we had
3: to figure out who we were. Yeah. And yeah, so, yeah, to, to get to put out music that's honest, like, honestly us, um, and to, like, grow our own fan base, not, like, fans of the covers that we do, but, like, right. actual fans of our music, it's, like, totally new and totally different. And, in fact, uh, what, first week at Silver Dollar City, a guy yeah. came to one of our shows. He said he heard us on Sirius. And uh, he had, you know, never heard of us before. And he came and he saw all four of our shows that day. And he's become, like, a huge fan of us just based on, like, our song that's on the radio. And it's like, wow, this is, like, one of our first... Genuine fans—that's a yeah. fan of us just because of our music. We didn't—we haven't like grown up with this person, we haven't <laughs> known him forever. He's not related to us, but he like likes our music, and that has been just like unbelievably amazing yeah. to do.
1: It feels more what we were created to do. Yeah.
5: Uh-huh.
2: And, yeah. And even though we did, we only wrote two of the songs on this album. I feel like the songs that we chose are true to the message that we want to get out there. So we tried to align with that. And we were, we're in the process, we we're in pre-production for our next album. And we wrote 26 songs to give to our producer for the next album. Yeah. Wow. Just so we could pick out the best. Mm-hmm. And so we're, we're
1: hoping for four songs to make it. <laughs> On the next <laughs> one. <Top Yeah>. Six, <laughs> four. Yeah. Yep. More than four would be great. But, that would be
3: great.
0: So the lead single is I Gotta Go, and as you mentioned, it peaked at number two on the Bluegrass Airplay chart. Yeah. Um, so what sticks out to you about that song, and how does it feel to be so well-embraced on radio?
2: Oh, Surreal. Really weird. Yeah. <laughs> out of body. Yeah. Yeah,
3: the, the day we found out that we charted, it was actually because our producer um, messaged mom, and so our producer's in another like, really well-known Bluegrass band, right? And so he messaged mom and said, have you seen who's on the charts? And mom, mom thought he was talking about his own band, which that'd be a weird way to It brag. would be weird. I <laughs> like that. Uh, yeah. So mom like goes and looks and like, there is our name.
1: Number um, two. Yeah. And, she uh, yelled
3: so loud. I thought something was wrong. Yeah, <laughs> like, So yeah, my wife ran downstairs to our house and like I was in the middle of cooking lunch and uh, she came in She's like, you know tells me we're number two on the national charts and it seemed like it was from out of nowhere because we were feeling like we were getting no traction we weren't sure what the deal was we were like why aren't people playing our single like what's going on and then it's like oh wait you're there yeah because we thought
2: we might come in way low and then have to just kind of claw our way to the top and that's not how it happened and it was it was so crazy
3: yeah and i mean like we put in so much work on the front half uh we you know Sought out and signed with our record deal. We took 23 edits to get our music video right for this um, out, or this song so that we could release it at the same time. You know, we got press, we got, I mean, we did everything we could to make the single do what it needed to. We
1: definitely have put in a ton of work for it, but it, it's, God, that's the only reason that happened, and, and we know that because There's there's a lot of musicians out there and there's a lot of people trying to get on that chart. So Mm -hmm. I don't I don't think it's any one thing we did. So yeah.
0: now here's Lindley Creek's song I Gotta Go, which was the lead single off the upcoming album. And as you heard, debuted at number two on the Bluegrass Airplay charts.
6: To have never known Freedom, love, or the open road Someday, baby, you'll find the way But I'm not waiting One more day I've gotta go I'm not waiting around Just to see you fall I've said my peace And I've heard the
0: So for the songwriting process, how does that all go? Do you guys write together or will you guys like all go separate and then come back together and like see what you came up with? How does that all go?
3: We kind of do it several different little
0: ways. Mm-hmm.
1: Normally one of us will have an idea and we'll get as far as we can on it on our own and then we'll bring it to everybody else and mm-hmm. we kind of hash it out till we have something.
2: Yeah, yeah. Um, and then we do rewrites. Mm-hmm. says you don't write, you just rewrite. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And that's true. And if you're not willing to rewrite, you're not ever going to get your song where it needs to be. Yeah. And that's hard. That's hard on your pride because you think it's like perfect already, man. It yeah. could be better. And yeah. So we've learned that four heads are better than one. Jace's wife writes with us also. Yeah, yeah. yeah so we have, don't write. we have songwriting yeah. sessions. Now, we
3: didn't start out this way. When we first started to write stuff, we just kind of put together whatever we could and uh you know our producer would always come back at us with notes like what is this song about what are you even trying to do and we have to be like oh great question so now we ask ourselves several questions like we flush out the entire chart of the song we're like okay what is happening how fast does it happen what is our core truth of this song what are we trying to communicate We can't answer those questions. We don't write the song. Yeah. (laughs) And so, uh, yeah. So like a lot of what we wind up doing is we do uh, what we call like free write time. So it's like we, all right, here. first verse one. We're going to establish this, this, and this. Everybody write a verse or, you know, five verses, whatever. Five versions of verse one. Write them all out. And then we all compare what we've got. And then we pick the best one. Um, which is another great place for your pride to continually get like destroyed. Yeah, yeah. Um,
1: <laughs> yeah, you, you think to. you're really clever, and then everyone else is like, that
5: sucks.
3: Ah! or just <laughs> you know, you think you've cracked the code, and then you hear everybody else's, and like everybody else is way better than yours, and you're like, never mind, we're going with yours. <laughs> so it's uh, yeah, yeah. it's really good
2: that way, and it's though. similar to how we create our music videos. Mm-hmm. We Bring our ideas together about what we want to happen during verse one and may the best idea
3: win. Yep. And you got to just, you got to put your pride completely away yeah. and you've got to just look for that greater good type of thing because collaboration is really key in what we do because, you know, between four of us, maybe we can get one functioning <laughs> brain, yeah. but like that's what it takes. And uh, it, you can't like hijack the conversation. Yeah.
1: And I've always feel like that's what makes our music more palatable to a larger audience is because there's more of us contributing. And Jace and I are at a different stage of our lives than mom and dad. And they have different life experience than we do. And we have a different perspective than they do. So if we can kind of combine a lot of things, I just feel like it appeals to more people. than just if I was writing songs to 20-somethings. Yeah, if you have to
3: find something that all four of us are on board with, like that's a lot different than something that just I like. Right. And that's mm-hmm. it. Right. And ideally more people will like it because of that.
0: Absolutely. Um so I'd love to talk about a couple songs um off the album. So one I got to see you guys do um at your set. It's called Grounded. So tell me about that one.
1: Mom wrote that one, so you go yeah. for yeah. It. I wrote that. Um so being on
2: the road as much as we are, people ask us all the time, how many months out of the year do you tour? Well, until this year, it was 12 months out of the year, literally. And so we weren't home hardly at all. And um, I got to thinking, because when I don't go home for a long time, I kind of lose my sense of who I am. And, and, and I'm, like, humble when I say this, but when people tell you, oh, your music's great, oh, you're great all the time, it, that's not really true. I mean, that's not real life, it's not you know, that's, <laughs> you know, and so when I go home and I'm with people who knew me since I was a kid and, you know, don't take me seriously as some people do, and that's good for me and I need that. And I got to thinking about how I needed to get home and be grounded. But then I also got to thinking about, you know, being a teenager and what that meant to be grounded and had a totally different meaning. And I just thought it would be really cool to compare the two meanings of the word grounded and so i i do a lot on my experience as a teenager and uh, john robin i met through ffa and so i was the truck driving, and boot wearing girl. And, girl and so it's not like i tried to make that into a country song that is like legitimately who i was and i grew up on a farm and i, I a little bit um so i feel like it's it's kind of it's kind of like real country music in a way, but because it's a real life thing, and I feel like the best country music is about real life.
0: Absolutely, yeah. absolutely agree. <laughs> um, so another one I got to listen to the album today. I just like put it on repeat all afternoon. It was so good. I really oh, love it, and I love the the dobro and just oh, it all. It's so so good. So. Thank you. One of my favorites was Home to You. So
1: um,
0: tell me about that one.
1: That one is probably one. If it, it's my favorite if it's not one of my favorites on there. I just, I love it. To me, it's such a universal message because home means different things to different people. You know, it can be a place, it can be a person, it can be um, being comfortable just with who you are. You know, and traveling so much, I had to learn that home was not a place for me when I was young, because we started traveling full-time when I was 12, and back then, home was my friends, home was, you know, Lebanon, Missouri, and just having to be removed for that, it really stopped and made me examine what it is for me, and um, I really feel like that song does well what home is for most people. It's, you know, it's the people you're with. And that song is about an individual in a romantic relationship. But I feel like it can be applied to your family. It can be applied to just anybody who kind of has that place in your heart. Yeah.
3: So. What's great about cool that song as well is the first time we heard it and our producer sent this to us, we were all like, nah. <laughs> we didn't want to do it at all. And we like gave him our reasons, and then he just like got on the phone and argued with us. He was like, "Why you are wrong about this song. And yeah. then we were like, oh, okay. Yeah, that's, yeah. That's now that you mention it. it, this is an amazing song. Yeah. And then we've just like, oh. Yeah. It's like, as it's- soon
1: as we got the instrumentation done on- I really felt a lot more connected to it. Because when we picked that song, it was done by some demo of some person we've never heard of. And it's hard to imagine when when we do
3: it. Yeah, it was a guy with like a real kind of breathy, like struggling voice, you know? And it was just not our vibe, Uh you know? We just (laughs) like, we had a hard time. And that's one of the things our producer said. Mm -hmm. He's like, you have to put the performance aside. And look
1: at and the song. I'm, I'm just so glad we decided to cut it because, you know, being a bluegrass band and growing up singing bluegrass, there wasn't a lot of room for pretty music. Mm-hmm. Um, so this was one of the first pretty songs I ever got to like really record and sing my heart out on. And I just, I loved it. It was a lot of fun for me. So yeah.
2: yeah. So we're in the, having the discussion, what are we going to do our next video on? And that's one of the contenders. So
4: mm, That'd be a good <laughs> yeah. one
2: we got mm-hmm. some epic ideas for it, so we'll we'll see if we can deliver on it. we got
4: too many <laughs> ideas for it. It's <laughs> broad. We can't decide. It's going to take a full-on feud for us yeah, to decide. Right now, what we're
3: leaning towards is doing three separate plot lines within the video. Yeah, <laughs> seriously. <laughs> yeah. 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 yeah, we'll
1: pick, Yeah, we'll get there.
0: That's awesome. I'm excited to see what happens with that then. <laughs>
3: yeah, we are, too. <laughs> well, I don't know if I can live through it, but I hope we <laughs> can. Yeah. There, there. <laughs>
0: Now we actually get a really big treat and get to preview the brand new song Home To You right now before the album comes out on August 7th. And it's an absolutely beautiful song and perfectly captures all of the elements that make Lindley Creek so special.
6: on my hands and knees Your day knocking on your door, and I know I'm home when I see your smile. Hope you won't mind, if I stay away. I'm
0: on my so last question, kind of talking about the album. What do you hope people feel when they hear this music?
2: Connected. I think I, I want to connect the people with our message and, and I want it to feel real to them to where they're like, this music is who I am. I want them to identify with it, I guess. It's really like on the deepest level. What do you guys think? Yeah,
3: yeah. the same. I want people to feel themselves. I want them to see themselves in this music. To hear these songs and hear the, the sort of messages and be like, that is me. That's my life. I, and I guess that comes
1: to, I don't want them to feel alone. You know, to know mm-hmm. that other people have the same. So it's like there's a song on the album called old soul and when I was singing it I was thinking about a friend of mine who you know had to grow up too fast because of some life choices that she made and that's a lot of people a lot mm-hmm. of people are stuck in jobs when they want to be young and free but they're you know they have a family and they've got an everyday job they have to do and I just yeah I just feel like we want to connect with people and we want to be real so they know that they're not alone
4: we've always said we want to make real music for real people so that kind of has become our, right. I don't know, yeah, our, <laughs> line, our resounding theme or whatever the correct way of saying it would be. So I just want, if someone listens to this album, I hope when they're done listening to it, they can just say, yeah, "That's, I can relate to that. That's real. It's, it hits me." You know, because how many times have you listened to an album like halfway through, it, you're like, "This is terrible. I don't like this," <laughs> or, or you're like, "Yeah, this guy, this is." you know, fantasy land, this never happens. <laughs> I don't wanna be in fantasy land Let's be let's be real. real I've real heard real.
1: enough songs about blue jeans.
4: <laughs> <I know.
3: laughs> yeah. As much as we all love to bump the songs about being
4: rich. Right. Can, <laughs> can we really <laughs> no,
5: <laughs>
4: no. no. <laughs> so, you know, we just, just yeah. we just I just think there needs to be more real people making real music out there. And I really believe that. And that's kind
5: of
4: Kathy and I's goal since we started this whole thing. Just be real with people and be who we are. And if it works, it works. And if it don't work, well, we try. Mm-hmm. And we're not we're not good at. People tell us all the time said you guys are just so real. You're so you. Well, I can't be somebody else. I'm, I don't have the brain capacity to be a good liar. <laughs> I can our, so I can barely pull off the stuff I can remember that really happened. let alone stuff, that's made up. <laughs>
0: absolutely that's great so i'm i'm so excited for this album and for you all to release it and just to see so you guys continue to do your thing i'm hoping to make it back to silver dollar city before you guys are done yeah,
2: it'll be yeah. great. Yeah. To yeah, yeah.
0: um but I've, i was thinking about like why do i like your music so much especially kind of within bluegrass and i think what i was able or the conclusion i arrived at was I love bluegrass music and I have the, it kind of has that tie to home. I go to school out in California. So that's a very different place right. than, you know, home born and raised in Oklahoma. So it kind of reminds me of home, all that stuff. Everybody out there thinks I'm just a total hick, but that's, that's <laughs> um, there so, are worse
5: be. yeah.
0: Yeah. So, but I think what it is. So like I saw daily and Vincent, um, in Arkansas uh, last Christmas and, obviously like just extremely beyond talented musicians but just sometimes it's just like a little too much it's kind of a little overstimulating you know with like super fast all these solos all over the place it's super impressive but it's not what I'd go to to just you know relax and just listen to music for the pleasure of it and I think that's really what I've been able to find in your music it's just bluegrass and it's so smooth and it's just so pleasing to the ears to listen to and comforting almost. So I think that's what I really get from the that's album.
2: That's a great compliment. Yeah, yeah, we appreciate that.
0: No problem. So I hope anyone that's listening to this, I hope they're able to find that as well. And I'm sure they will. Um, so I have a few final questions. And these are kind of just more fun, just kind of get to know yep. you guys. Awesome. We can just kind of go down the road and everyone can answer. Some's about, Some are about Silver Dollar City. Some are just... Kind of more fun, like favorites and stuff, just to kind of get awesome. to know you guys. Awesome. Um, so, first off, uh, favorite ride at Silver Dollar City?
3: Mm-hmm. Blooded Mine. Yeah. Blooded Mine. You'll find it's that one so almost easy. across across no. the board. Like I, I feel like Blooded Mine is also my favorite because I mean, it's what's nostalgic. better? You're in a boat and you're shooting at things. <laughs> Come That's on, what
4: for man. So
1: we. We are the lame people who go to theme parks and don't like roller coasters. We so go to listen okay. to the music. <laughs> That's us. But I I almost like roller coasters. I think if both my older brothers didn't like, if they had liked them, I probably would have liked them. But my favorite ride used to be Lost River, but now mm. it's Mystic River Falls. And I haven't tried it yet. I tried to the other day, but they had to close it for maintenance when I was in line last time. Uh. Currently, I like Thunderation, but nobody else will ride it with me because they say it gives them headaches. But I like it.
0: So.
3: Yeah. <laughs> Beanies. <laughs> I used to really love Waterboggin when that was still a thing. But. Uh-huh. There you go. Yeah, love yeah. that one. What's your favorite?
0: I I like the roller coasters. I like Powder Keg a lot. Yeah. That's probably my favorite one. But Time Traveler's a close contender. I, I need to come try Mystic River Falls. It looks yeah. insane.
5: Yeah. yeah.
0: Um, And I don't know, Barn Swing's fun. But I also, I love, like, the classics. Like, I love Fire in the Hole. I love Flooded Mine. My sister hates Flooded Mine, but when we were there, so... When we were there uh, in June, she just had like shoulder surgery, so she couldn't ride any of the roller coasters, anything. Uh And we rode the flooded mine like twelve times. She learned to love it, so I think.
5: if
4: you come back through, we'll have to go. Yeah, for
0: sure. Absolutely. So. Oh
4: yeah, I'm I'm a flooded mine guy. Yeah. Yeah.
0: I saw a video on YouTube the other day saying like Seven Dollar City is going to tear down the flooded mine, and I, no. I refused to yeah, believe that. Yeah, yeah not allowed. Yeah,
5: what
3: not. I really want to do is It'll get my, my get my phone in there uh-huh. and get a recording. <laughs> you know, like at the end of the ride, there's the dude like climbing the rope. Uh-huh. And, uh huh. And they're like, "Fred, quit your lollygagging, you know. And then, <laughs> uh, you know that that's great. I would love to get that recording, but I also want to get that clip, like in the middle of the ride where the guy goes, "I'm getting out of here." no matter what, you know, there's like the biggest (laughs) Yeah,
1: We say that a lot, like during band practices, we're just like, we're done. We're
3: getting
1: out of here.
0: (laughs) (laughs) That's great. Um, Do you guys have a favorite place like within the park at Silver Dollar City?
3: Mm. Cinnamon bread.
2: Pottery. (laughs) The pottery place. I love all of the mugs and dishes and all the different glazes. It's my number one favorite, followed closely by the leather shop. Oh, yeah. I'm
1: a hippie at heart, I guess. <laughs> Love the leather. <laughs> my favorite stage to, like, watch other people at is riverfront playing. I really mm-hmm. like that one. Um, yeah, but we're not inside.
3: Really. Yeah. No. I used to, I uh, really like to go down around uh, where the Lost River used to be and look at all the fish in the water.
1: Grand Expedition <laughs> oh, is fun. It's I like the, the fishing, whole yeah. right?
3: Exposition. i like the
1: whole vibe of that area the whole, like old carousel teacup thing. i just think those are all cute
0: i like mm-hmm. those yeah yeah that's great i like the the little waterfall you know like by the entrance to wildfire oh, yeah, I like that. yeah. That peaceful waterfall in the shade i like that that that's area that's and,
4: then,
0: and then the cave is cool too okay yeah. yeah. i like the waterfall back
4: work. in behind the lumberjack restaurant there
0: yeah yeah exactly that one
4: yeah yeah yeah, yeah. i like to kind of sit there Mm-hmm. I've been going to Silver Dollar City my whole life, and I just learned
3: like two weeks ago that it's Marble Cave, not Marble Cave.
5: <laughs> oh so yeah!
3: I'm still reeling from that. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just like trying to
4: read the signs. Oh, oh man! This. Yeah.
0: Awesome. Um, favorite food at Silver Dollar City? Mm. Mm. I
1: we've really been hitting the cinnamon bread hard. Yeah. Uh huh. And Definitely. the smokehouse place right across the way there, they started doing like making bread pudding out of their cinnamon bread. Ooh. And that yeah, that is awesome. a plus. I that's
3: probably my favorite. It's so good. I yeah, this year for really kind of the first time I went to uh, Percy's Southwest Grill, which is just mm-hmm. right behind Hannah's ice cream parlor. Yeah. And <laughs> parlor. Oh my gosh. Um but um really amazing like so i made nachos there because nachos are my favorite food in general um so but they like they let me tell them exactly how to make them and that was like that's a big selling point for me because uh, way too mm-hmm. particular with my nacho making
2: you <laughs>
1: yeah. Yeah. All right, uh, you're a funnel cake
2: person aren't you? i love funnel cakes mm-hmm. uh, i've only had one so far just because that's kind of hard to sing on that you know <laughs> yeah. But I, I like that a lot and I like the new riverfront the, the barbecue, the smokehouse. The
5: smokehouse. So, um,
4: mm-hmm. I love smoked meat. Yeah. Oh yes. Favorite yeah. Meat, like yeah. Anywhere they're smoking meat, I mean. Their skillets <laughs> are great. that's yeah, a
3: classic. We love Another skillets. honorable mention is the frozen strawberries and frozen lemonades.
0: Oh them. yeah.
3: yeah. I basically live wish? on those right now. Oh yeah. Can't forget about tater yeah. oh those are great. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Man. So There's many- so much good food. <laughs> so much. Yeah. the food there. It's is a real problem. Much. We all had this idea we were gonna lose like twenty pounds playing at the city. No. Yeah, you know, being out of the heat
0: twenty. Yeah. yeah, we started making the the skillets for dinner here. We'll just like get out a cast iron skillet, just see like potatoes, yeah. the sausage, the peppers. That's great, super easy. I love those. And then I've never had kettle corn as good as the Silver mm-hmm. Dollar City kettle. Corn. No, yeah. sure. so, I don't yeah. know what it is, but they're putting something special in there. It is well, good.
5: <laughs> yeah.
0: it's it's love. Love. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um. so favorite musicians or artists it doesn't have to be country can be country it's kind of a loaded question because I don't know how I'd even pick my favorites but um,
3: it's like it's like people always think a great question to come ask us is what's your favorite song and it's like you have like
1: like picking a favorite Silly.
3: child, yeah.
1: yeah. possible. Yeah. Well, yeah. if we're talking bluegrass artists, um, I love allison Krauss. I've always loved. Them.
0: Oh yes.
1: Um, I love Balsam Range a lot. Special Consensus, I love them too. Yeah, for sure. Um, Mountain Heart was a favorite. Yeah. Still, yeah. still is. I think. Yeah, still yeah. a favorite for but sure. Back, back in their heyday, they were really a favorite of ours. So, yeah.
3: Yeah, for sure. Um. Yeah, for Bluegrass, I would say, like, a lot of those same ones. Like, I really like Blue Highway. Obviously, the Lonesome River Band, like, they yeah. are, in essence, what modern Bluegrass is. Um, really like uh, Balsam Range as well. And, uh, of course, Michael Cleveland and Flamecaver,
5: because mm-hmm.
3: That dude just yeah. destroys it on fiddle. Um, as far as, like, you know, not Bluegrass, not a country either. There's this band called Dawes that I really, really like. D A W E S um, they have just some of the best songwriting that I've ever heard, just like it's poeticism and the metaphors are just amazing. And uh, I listen to them a lot when I want to just have like some real chill vibes.
1: Yeah, I, I'm a fan of awesome female vocalists. So mm-hmm. I, I listen to Amy Whitehouse, Tori Kelly. Um, I love Lake Street Dive. They're a really cool band, the vocalists. Rachel Price, she's amazing. Um, I love Ed Sheeran and John Mayer. They're not girls, but I love them. Mm -hmm. (laughs) (laughs) i i had discovered
2: a new band to me this year the wild feathers okay yeah you'd probably like them i think yeah check them out they to me they have eagles vibes Um, they're kind of country southern yeah they're just yeah but i just heard them randomly on a red dirt country radio station and then i looked them up on spotify and and I'm a huge fan now, and I've never got to see them live, but I think they're cool. <laughs> mm, for sure.
4: I'm pretty much a classic country guy. Mm-hmm. And I, you know, like them all. Well,
3: there's a few exceptions. <laughs> well, the <laughs> of- <laughs> uh, he says he likes them all, but when I try and put a cue on when we're in the well, car together, he's like, I, I hate
4: that. <laughs> <laughs> five seconds. I'm a lot more of a, a song person than I am a singer artist, person. Yeah. Um, or artist person, um, because if I like the song, I like the song. I don't care who sings it. If I don't like the song, if it's a dumb song, it's a dumb song. I don't care who sings it. And uh, you know, probably one of my favorite, my favorite artists from earlier in my life, George Strait, without any question. He sings a dumb song. It's still a dumb song. <laughs> wow, well, that uh, yeah is. But uh, he was smart enough, enough to do that. that. <laughs> but uh, but anyway, so I'm. Mean, of course, George Jones, Merle Haggard, those guys—people from that era—just phenomenal at what they they did before. You know, pitch correct, and all the digital world took over and makes anybody sound good. Those guys could just put it out there and it was right. Mm-hmm. And uh, that—that's that was a talent. They—they they really had talent. Um, and so I really, I've always admired that about them and uh, and that generation, I guess, of artists. But then I also like, you know, grew up in the eighties, so I like a lot of the eighties rock bands and some of that sort of thing. So again, per song, not necessarily per band, um, liked a lot of that sort of thing. So our musical differences, people tell us all the time, man, you guys got such a variety in what you play. I'm like, you yup, so are hear the variety of what we listen yeah. to. <laughs> it's, yeah, you know, it's because crazy. it just some mornings I wake up and I'm in this mood, so that's what I listen to. And the next morning it's like, No, that ain't it at all. Like the other morning, I was in here fixing breakfast, jamming to Pat Benatar because she's cool, <laughs> and she can sing, and it was one of her good songs, and I like it,
5: so,
3: you know, it just depends. Yep. So I've also, yeah, I've been, like, rediscovering some, like, classic country lately, because I've been, like, getting my wife more into it. Like, she loves country music, but she hasn't been exposed to it very much at all. Mm -hmm. Um, So, like, I've been, like, rediscovering some of Alan Jackson's, like, really fantastic songs. And, man, he's got – I love uh, his song Drive, you know. Yes. I love that song. Like, I listen to it. It, like, rings to my eye every time, which – that's how you know it's a good country song. Um, Mm -hmm. I was a huge Brad Paisley fan for a long time. I still love a lot of his stuff. Um, Mm -hmm. Like, there's a couple, like, early Eric Church songs that I love.
0: Oh, Eric Church is great, yeah. yeah. Uh,
3: I like yeah. his voice. I like his song. Some of his arrangements, like, uh, so, good. so good, so good, so, yeah. Yeah.
0: That's great. Yeah. Um, a couple more. If you could master any instrument, what would it be?
5: Biddle. Biddle. <laughs> <laughs> Other than I'm
4: pretending to play? Or- oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, anything. doesn't
0: have to be what you play.
4: Or it could be. guitar. Man, if I could play steel guitar, like a friend of mine said, I wouldn't even get up to go eat. I'd just sit there and play it.
5: <laughs> I would.
4: I would love to be play steel guitar. I don't even own one. But someday, I'm going to mm. start
1: learning. I'm, I'm going to stick with mandolin. I mean, part of me thinks it'd be really funny to be good at, like, like weirdly good at bagpipes or something weird yeah. like that. I, I'll probably stick with something a little more practical
3: for yeah, when, when the genie comes out. We gotta decide are we using this for comedy or no? <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, oh man. I mean that's a tough one. Like I would love to like I play saxophone a little bit and uh, I would love to be like on the level of some of these like your John Coltrane types or you know, whatever. To just be able to like You know, it's like you know they take uh they take one breath and they can play for like 20 minutes. You know, (laughs) (laughs) holy lung capacity. You know, Uh I think that would be fun. But I don't know bluegrass instrument. I wish I could play. A lot of times, I kind of wish I could play guitar a lot better than I could or can, because it would just be handy. Fiddle's
1: not really a good.
3: It's hard to write yeah. songs on it's the fiddle. To- <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and, like all my songs wind up being in three, four timing, and they sound like Irish songs. So that's just what happens all the time to <laughs> me. No, yeah.
2: well, I always kind of want to learn how to play the drums, which seems right. crazy, but yeah I, yeah, I would like that someday. Maybe Nate will teach me. Yeah, maybe you, <laughs> yeah. Maybe
0: you will. Yeah. Oh, that's awesome. So I grew up playing the drums, actually. Okay, so first I had to do two years of piano to learn how to read music, all that kind of okay. stuff before I was allowed to do drums. Then I did the drums. Yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. That was fun. But I actually, so the day I got home from Silver Dollar City, when I saw you guys, mm-hmm. I've been wanting to do this for, for a while, but like actually when I got home after I saw you guys, you guys like struck the interest. My parents were out of town, but my birthday was coming up. And I was like, I want a mandolin. And so oh, nice. now I have a little mandolin over here.
1: Oh, nice. And, you just kind lessons. of Oh, it's, lessons, I can do that yep.
0: all right, yeah, so it's just it's a it's a learning process, but um, I'm enjoying it a lot so far, so I guess that would be my yeah. answer. my answer to that
3: be like in your calluses,
0: oh my gosh, my fingers <laughs>
3: every day
0: <laughs> oh my gosh, the first week was rough that, yeah. there that
3: is nothing. it hurts like a man
0: <laughs> yeah. <laughs>
1: Uh, I remember being little and learning it, sitting at the kitchen table crying because my fingers hurt. And mom would be like, Do you think Rhonda Vincent acts like this? <laughs> <laughs> She's like, She had to get calluses too. If she can do it, you can do it. i like, soft, gentle mother over there. Uh,
4: I mean, our mom is not it. like this. I would have
1: whined forever if someone hadn't well, stopped me. You know. <laughs> yeah.
0: Yeah. That's great. So, yeah, that's been my, my little adventure. I've been playing every day. I think I'm finally ready to graduate from uh, You Are My Sunshine. But we'll, hey, that's great. Great. That's great. we'll see how that continues to go.
3: Bill McDonald
0: next. <laughs> okay. I'll put it on the list.
3: Here you play in You Are My Sunshine.
0: It's in G. G. G, yep, good.
3: That's where
0: it should be. I yep. <laughs> this, there's this website, banjobin.com. Oh,
3: are, yeah.
0: Yep, he's my guy. Good. <laughs>
5: that's great. That's
0: funny. All right. This is the last one. Uh, best concert you have ever seen.
3: Ever seen?
0: Well, that's hard, too, because I couldn't answer. I first
3: but. One takes mine. Okay. Um, station Inn. Monday um, night. Larry Cordell. Val Story. Carl Jackson. Uh, Doug Jernigan on the steel guitar. Oh. Uh, Aubrey oh. Haney on the fiddle. I can never remember the drummer's name. So sorry. Mike uh, Bub on, on the bass. The They've got like a seven-piece band, and they just like. They destroy slam. every day. Yeah, yeah. They play these amazing old country songs and Larry Cordle, you know, he's big in the bluegrass circuit and like we had an album of his and I remember in the cover of it there's a picture of him holding this little large bass that he had caught and I was just like he's the coolest guy ever. Fish <laughs> 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 yeah. like. So yeah, just and, like Yeah, he wrote um Murder on Music Row. Yeah, he also wrote the Highway 40 Blues. Yeah. Um so it's like I've now seen that show three times and it's the same show every time and it's just every time That's it's wonderful. like it's as if I've seen it for the first time it just uh, it is if you like country music or even if you don't it doesn't matter it's like the concert it just, it's amazing. and it's just it's a small setting you know. Like maybe 100 people, maybe 200 tops, but it's just like that is ideal.
1: I've got two that kind of tie for mine. I saw Tori Kelly in concert once, and uh, kind
3: of her vocals
1: amaze yeah. me. She never hit an off. No, she just – I don't even think she broke a sweat. I just was standing there with my mouth open like, what, the whole time. So that was just amazing. And then I got to see Lake Street Diving concert a little bit ago. Mm-hmm. And their vocalist is the same way, but they have a full band, you know. So that was cool. Their bass player is amazing. She's a beast. It's yeah. insane. So I, that's another one. I was just in awe the entire concert. She plays
4: acoustic bass, so that makes it even cooler. Yeah. Yep. She um, made me want to come home and tear the top off my bass and fill it full of <laughs> dark
1: flowers in it. <laughs> oh, <no. laughs>
4: Wow.
1: Or, or come home oh, and
2: practice, but yeah, whatever. Yeah, where's that? Yeah. What about you,
4: John Rob, Oh, concert? man, I've seen some, we've been so fortunate to see a lot of great concerts, and, and at Silver Dollar City, we saw Balsam Range do a concert that was just one of those, I can't believe I just saw what I saw, just phenomenal group. Um, They've had like almost double their time because the crowd would not let yeah. them leave. <laughs> Katie and I went and saw uh, Chris
3: Stapleton. Oh, yeah. Not
5: too that long was ago. great. That was
3: great. That was was wonderful. awesome
4: show. That guy can sing. Oh, yes. And even as much publicity as he's got, he's really still underrated.
0: Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm.
5: Absolutely.
4: He's got power. I mean, just freaky power.
0: Oh, for sure. I have his – I don't think – it. there he is. He's on my – Oh, yeah.
4: So I'm in Tulsa.
0: Then I have Traveler, the Traveler vinyl framed up there at
3: that.
4: So when we saw him, that was was one of those holy cow moments. Yeah, if I could make um, my voice sound how I wanted it uh, to, it would sound like that. <laughs> and then if I rewind back in time, entertainment-wise, me and a buddy went and saw Hank Jr. to a concert for several years down here in Branson, and it was an um, entertainment-wise phenomenal. The guy's—he's crazy. And, and I've got enough energy for 20 people, and just went at it for two and a half hours, just as hard as he goes. 100 degrees outside It is just phenomenal. And then uh, Kathy and I saw Reba McIntyre at State Fair one uh, year, and yep. she had about 27 outfit changes yep. and sang and danced and jumped and twirled. And again, never an off note, never out of breath, never just phenomenal. And she's, I have a tremendous amount of respect for her because she's just, she's just one longevity wise. I mean, she's been at it for 40 years now. And, uh, She's amazing and not hard to look at. She's a you <laughs> got a crush on her. <laughs> got a crush on her forever. We, it's, we it's, all so,
1: have a crush on
4: Reba. Yeah. yeah so, anyway. So that, those would be my top point. <laughs> yeah,
2: actually that Reba concert came to my mind too. I I was impressed with the fact that that she was doing everything she could do to entertain those people. Yeah. I mean everything. And and George Strait's my favorite, but you see him, and then you see her, and, like, like, being a a girl, and just watching what another woman is able to pull off on stage, it's, like, super respect for that, for me, and it's, like, I don't have to get up there and do what she's doing, but if I wanted to, I could, if I worked hard enough, enough at it, I could be that entertaining, and just, given us like this super high standard to shoot for was really inspiring not just the concert itself you know
0: yeah that's great and with that i want to thank lindley creek so much for coming on the podcast and chatting with me be sure to go support the band their music is available on itunes apple music spotify and you can also find them on social media and at their website all of which are in the description And also, as usual, I can be found at OKCountry1 on Twitter for daily country music conversations. Now go enjoy some good country music, and I'll catch you next time.